Welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the number one bubbliest podcast in the world. I'm sitting here with CC again. As, yeah, as Finally, we're normal, recording together. Yeah. And we have a special, special guest today, Brian. Thank you very much. You've come a long way. Uh, I've come from New York City, yeah. Just yeah. to be here. Just to be here right <laughs> now. Just to be here with us. <laughs> Two of my favorite people. For the audience who don't know who Brian is, who is Brian? What do you do? Why are you here? I am the owner of New York Craft Coalition, which is a parent uh, brand that uh, a cooperative, if you will, that has Barclay Brewing Company, which is my brewery, and Marlowe Artisanal Ales, which is my buddy Zach's brewery. We operate out of the same facility, um, and we've we've just teamed up to do uh, a collective. You told us upstairs about the story when you actually, because you got this offer of a brewery, yeah, and you were like, oh, uh, yeah, should we do this? Yeah, let me give a little. I can give a little history of. Is that interesting? The history of where oh, I yeah. how I started. <laughs> okay, um, so if I go back to the the beginnings, I've always been a craft beer guy. Uh, growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, we had a lot of uh, microbreweries, which was a little bit unique than the rest of the country back in the '90s. And um, I found myself drinking craft beer before even I knew what craft beer was. Fast forward to uh, about 2013 when I was living in Chicago. Uh, a friend of mine who was a rep for Goose Island gave me a couple of bottles of 2013 Bourbon County Stout, the coffee, uh, the regular, and I had a barley wine. It was the first time I had anything like that and uh, freaked out. That was amazing. <laughs> I went back to him the next day and I said, how do I get this? And he said, well, you got to wait around in the cold on Black Friday in Chicago, which is about negative 14 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, you do the math on Celsius. Um, <laughs> it's very cold. And I said, uh, you know, no thanks, not going to do that. Is cursing okay on this podcast? Uh, f- as much as you want to. Okay. Fucking I said, curse on. All right, good. I said, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And my personality is to figure out how to make stuff on my own. So I'll just figure out how to make it on my own. Mm-hmm. So I started going to um, Bourbon County meetups, and I'd get a little bit of information at each one. I started talking with uh, folks back in St. Louis, like Corey King of Side Project, Phil Waymore of Perennial. They would try my stuff and help me along the way. And I ultimately fell on a recipe that worked quite well. And and keep in mind, I'm in a a condo at this point in time, and I have like six uh, 30-gallon bourbon barrels in my living room. Um, (laughs) Not not the most attractive thing. But um, I in 2000, I'm going to say 16, I took... Uh, this beer that I had called Legacy to uh, the Three, Fo- uh, Three Floyds uh, Dark Lord Day. Uh, a friend of mine twisted my arm to take it. I didn't really want to. Uh, I quickly created a brewery, just used my last name, quickly made a name for the beer, and uh, very reluctantly poured it uh, towards the end of the day. And I started getting all these untapped best beer at Dark Lord Day, best beer at Dark Lord Day. And uh, because of that, a lot of people started reaching out to me wanting to trade copious amounts of high value, <laughs> secondary high value beer for a couple bottles of, you know, 12 ounce bottles of my BA stout. That then led to me being, um, had the opportunity to brew at a facility in Lansing, East Lansing, Michigan called Ellison Brewing and Spirits. It's a friend of a friend. And we went and did a couple stouts together. Um, I kind of helped him with the recipes 
that went really well. Uh, another friend of ours brewed out of there as well. We combined them all into a beer called uh, Four Horsemen, which is amazing. And I think there's only maybe a few bottles floating around still. Um, after that, I asked him, I said, look, I'm interested in doing a club where I'd have maybe 250 members. We'd do 10 BA bombers. And that was, uh, the club was really meant to kind of counteract what other clubs were doing at the time. Uh, specifically the couple of the folks I mentioned, um, like the perennial club, you'd get a couple BA stouts and a lot of wild ales, but it would, it's very expensive. And I was like, you know what? I've got a day job. I don't, have to do this for survival so i'm going to give people 10 bombers of barrel aged stout for less than what they pay for these other ones just this kind of way to buck the system i'm kind of a jerk that way sometimes (laughs) um and uh did that it was very successful uh i moved back to the east coast from chicago and got invited to brew out of a facility called 12 percent beer project without getting into it, it didn't go super well. We did the second round club. The beers were amazing. Um, the relationship wasn't. So I ultimately uh, left there because I have dignity and self-respect and uh, started brewing out of a, a facility called Decadent Ales in Mamaroneck, New York. And the bill of goods that was sold to me wasn't really what it was, what it was right? So um, after a couple failed Bruce, I went to the investors and said, hey, here's a list of all the things I think you could change uh, to make this better. And at the end of the conversation, they said, do you want to take this over? <laughs> um, and I, I, I kind of like I, that wasn't my intent at all when I went in there, but ultimately talked to my business partner and, and we thought, well, if we find the right brewer, we will. Right. Because, again, I had a day job, so I can't be up on the brew deck all day. Uh, right at that point in time, my friend uh, Zach, the owner of Marlowe Ales, he um, artisanal ales, he he texted me and he's like, "Hey, I'm driving by your house." And I said, "Hey, do you want to come over?" <laughs> he said, "Yes, I got to talk about some stuff." So the brew pub that he had in Nyack, New York, uh, was very successful. But the, because of that success, the landlord started jacking up the rent and adding these additional mm-hmm. costs, and and he was barely scraping by even though the success of it it's not a it's not a super profitable Making game craft beers cost money cost yeah. money right so um i said i'd ha- let my business partner who's a lawyer kind of represent and help him through that situation but i also said hey i got this thing that i'm about two months down the road getting going would you be interested in joining and he said yeah he goes you know and and to backtrack a little bit we had myself uh zach and then jason stein of timber ales had all our we had talked about this about a year previous of maybe doing something like this. So the discussions had been had, just we didn't see it through. And uh, when Zach came back in, he said, yeah, I, I don't think right now breweries can do this alone, like just starting up and doing it. You, you have to have a couple breweries um, for diversity, number one, but to be able to um, delegate responsibilities, you know, from business to brewing, so on and so forth, running but a tavern. But also to, like balance ideas of each other exactly get new influences if he's been somewhere watching someone do something comes back and shares it with you guys you end up doing better stuff and also everybody has different expertise from the beginning so you have a lot of more area covered to, to actually start up Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you guys nailed it. And and as a matter of fact, one of the beers we'll drink later, Radius, my first uh, beer I brewed there, APA, was one of the situations where 
uh, you know, I Hence said the mayonnaise bucket because we're cooling yes. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I we you know when you start something up like this, so you can either a start from scratch and build out, and in the U.S. that could take anywhere from like two to five years, or you can take over a facility which comes with its own problems, which we can get into in a little bit, but uh, which we had plenty of. But we got. Uh, we took it over on June twelfth, and we're already doors open for pours, which is it's insanely pretty fast. <laughs> insane. That's insanely fast, especially like with the state of everything. Yeah, yeah it's but kind of men- quite mental. It, it, it is mental, and uh, but because of that, I, I the first beer that I brewed, I went to him and I said, you know, usually we use a specific yeast that takes about three weeks uh, mm. to get like an APA or an IPA. And I said, why don't we use Kvike yeast or Kvik, however you yeah. – yeah. you guys say it better than I do. <laughs> um, I said, look, this ferment's fast. I've never used it before. Zach said, me either. But I said, he knows some people who did. And exactly what you said, we reached out and what's the best way to do this? They let us know. And, you know, we had a beer. Did you talk to Anders about this or – no. I did not talk to Andrews okay. about this, but I'm going to when oh, I see yeah. him. Um, He's coming down to Helsmore. He is. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see him. We we had actually had a plan for him to come in and do a, a collab, and unfortunately something happened with uh, their facility where they got some new tanks or something like that, and the timing just didn't work out. But I do have a plan to come back mm-hmm. and go to Orta and Tin Hands, um, and hopefully uh, if Nicola is listening, I would love to go to Duck Pond and do something with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but if I can make another trip through to do those, it'd be great. But yeah, we talked to uh, the, the brewery in the United States called Foam Brothers. They do a lot okay. with that yeast, and they gave us some pointers on that. And from uh, brew day to package was about eight days, which is kind of it's, it's outrageous, okay. right? But it, uh, and the heat just rises in the fermenters. It's first time you use quake yeast, you get a bit anxious because. Not supposed to be this warm. No, but it works out. Yeah, it's 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 ferment temperatures are between ninety five and one hundred five degrees. I think so it's it, about forty degrees Celsius, yeah. which is yeah, yeah. normal normal uh, ales ferment at like twenty four. Mm. Yep, and it's o- almost twice as much in, on a Celsius scale. It's like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies to all my European friends and our stupid uh, whatever system we use back in the U.S. It doesn't make any sense. You suck. On the other other hand, all brewers in the world use hectoliters, which no one else in the world does anyhow. So it's... No. Well, we use gallons. Or barrels. Barrels, barrels, yeah. yeah. 31 gallons in a barrel. I wanted to learn, like Fahrenheit and all your measurement systems, but like, why? No, (laughs) I don't want to do that. Yeah, don't don't (laughs) do it. They will learn. It was easy, like, when you you listen to something like a podcast about beer and they talk about, you know, Fahrenheit and and all of that shit, I'm like, I have no idea where they are right now, but (laughs) I try to follow along anyways. We'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) One day. No, don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we won't figure it out. No, I, I, at some point, I, I, I trust that uh, the U.S. will adopt the metric system that the rest of the world uses. Uh, we already are doing that with our tools. I've noticed that oh. the majority of our tools now are metric as opposed to imperial or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I, I find more doing millimeter, centimeter, so on and so okay. forth. Uh, Hopefully, these days. Yeah, hey, like we're a common language. We're, so we're, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, and shout out to, to Five Points for a really nice beer. Oh, yeah, beer. we're, we're oh having a God. really nice... Uh, Can't drink a beer without saying proper, what it is. Proper <laughs> real Cheers. ale, yeah. which is the best bitter from Five Points. Cheers. It's mm. one of the better 
uh, readers nice. I've had. So yeah. great job, five but points. But today is like uh, an anniversary thing, so to speak, because it's a year exactly since you were here last time yep. where we met uh, when I was working in the bar. It was and you just August couldn't stop year. talking about his poor of a sports beer. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, and I, when I came in today, I sat in the exact same seat just to make sure he recognized mm-hmm. me. <laughs> How the fuck would I not recognize you? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, uh, that, that was really fun because you really connected last year. Yep. And uh, I remember down at Bruceville when we were down there, you guys didn't get in. He, if it was because someone was too drunk or someone had beer with him or something. No, he had a beer with him. Yeah. And then <coughs> Rasmus just runs into the bar and says, we got the car key. I'm like, what? Have you got the car key? Okay, there we are. So he went over and got a bottle of, a, a magnum bottle of <laughs> App 12 from San Bernardus. Yep. And you sat in a park all yep. night drinking yeah, it was that me, and gin. Me, Brian. Correct. It was two guys that used to work at Bishop Arms in Karlstad. It was there. Those two guys. And then I think uh, Robert from Tenants. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Robert, yep. yeah. And then Robert was, from Tenants yeah. was there. And then um, somebody else, right? A couple of, um, I can't remember. I, it's a very fuzzy night, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a few more people. I was not there, but I heard you had the beer out of cups from 7-Eleven or something like that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> straight and out of the bottle. I had a really <laughs> delicious chicken sandwich from a, a fast food chicken Oh, we place. ate as well? Oh, oh nice. Yes, I, I don't. Well, I don't oh. yeah, we, we, we went into the chicken place. Oh, and, we did. And got a <laughs> That's why we was a bit late for the, for the festival. No, the that was the day that. I woke up and I fell into the wall. Oh yeah, I, was, I woke up pissed drunk and I just fell into the See, wall. And I told oh. him, uh, turn up at the festival a bit late. <laughs> I'm all right. I actually didn't drink any of the gin or any of the yeah. St. Bernice, uh that night. I didn't. You didn't drink St. Bernice as well? I sipped on it, but I didn't drink it oh, because right. I knew that I had to stand for 16 hours. <laughs> and for a beer, and Fair enough. I didn't want to be in uh, rough shape. So, But I, I did stay out a little too late. Well, I got some meat in the morning, so to figure out well. Well, I want to move on to, to try a beer. And uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm quite nervous about this one because this is actually my beer. Yes, <laughs> this is this is the first beer. So Cece can actually pour it. Will I tell it? And should I open it as well? Then yeah, you should. Uh, but I, I <laughs> think I'm gonna have to use your opener. Oh yeah, the brand new opener you yeah. just gave me. It's of course sediment in a bottle because it's a bottle condition. Can you hold the bottle, please? Well, it's it's lively. Uh, well, it's lively, but it it's alive. Yes, it is. Oh no, it's a, it hasn't over carbonated. No, no, that's good. No, I hope not. Ah, it's good. That's no, good. I, I, the reason I I wanted to brew a beer was because I wanted to get in a little bit more into the process about brewing, uh, just so I could speak about it a little bit more, you know, in detail. The only thing I I tr- I tried this last night actually because I had to try it before <laughs> I gave it to you guys. I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure it wasn't any like off flavors or smells, and I don't think there is. Uh, hopefully not, and that it wasn't overcarbonated. That's why I tried it last night. So, see what you think. It's a British style brown ale. It has a. So I was almost mm. going to say, ask if you, but you said it was a if it was a Belgian yeast is what I was actually curious about. No, it was the oh I remember the yeast name. It was in the package. It's like one of those kits you buy and you make it your, yourself. It's almost like it's like a light Belgian double. Almost, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It re- that, that's what I when you said that I thought, oh, huh. maybe. So what what could have happened in in the brew process that makes this one go from being supposed to be it was Kent uh, Golding uh, hops, Kent Golding hops, yeah. And there was some chocolate malt, was a lot of Pilsen malt. I think you could have let the 
uh, fermentation temperature run up a bit too high, maybe to get these oh, yeah, S3 yeah. notes in the nose. I had it in my storage unit, so <laughs> uh, it was yeah. about about 20 yeah. degrees. Like the the temperature, uh, two two of the most key things that at least I find mm-hmm. um, in the beer getting great is water. Number one, like you always have to have water yeah. and adjust that water. And you guys actually in Sweden have really great water mm-hmm. in areas, I guess, probably not everywhere, but, but making sure the salts are balanced right for the type of beer. Oftentimes people forget that they just throw water in there, but uh, you can, you can make a stout that's incredibly dry or incredibly fluffy, but based on the types of minerals that are in the water mm-hmm. as you can with a right, right. If you think about, types of beers that are um like a czech pills for instance around the world regional right the reason they taste the way they do is because the water profiles that they had Mm. right um if they had different water profile it tastes completely different so you got english beers that have a certain water profile they taste a certain way irish dry stouts that's uh, a lot of that's because of the water czech pills so on and so forth so you got that and the second one is controlling fermentation temperatures mm. that's key and like just whether it's ramp up or ramp down or maintain whatever it happens to be for that particular recipe those are i find the two most <laughs> sort yeah. of crucial elements to i think for me it was the fermentation temperature that was the biggest challenge yeah, it, it smells a bit like your temperature went too high like yeah. or at least a bit too fast yeah, yeah. but but it's it if i'd get that I wouldn't send it back. No, I wouldn't either. As a first try, that's fucking good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I agree. Um, it, no, it, I, I started the recipe for like four hours. I set up the kitchen. <laughs> I had everything just in fucking order in the kitchen, and I started making it. And this, I had this I, is the guy who sat in the bar for ten hours, just reading uh, a Wikipedia page about yeast <laughs> and following it every link, yeah. and oh, then he realized, oh, there's about ten thousand more pages. I can't do this in one night. <laughs> no, no, you can't learn it in one night. Yeah. So yeah, well, but thank you. It's uh, it's nice to hear. It was uh, w- it was fun. I, I had some challenges uh, along the way, as you usually do because the first time doing it. But it was fun. And uh, well, I tell you what, you all the things that I, I like that you got right. The color is great. The SRM on it. The malt profile Lava is, bond really is nice. great. The malt profile is good, as CC said. I think the carbonation is actually quite perfect um, mm-hmm. for it. I think again, if I this that, <laughs> I, I, I use carbonation drops. <laughs> uh, did, well, it's okay. Yeah. It's, uh, th- there's no cheating. I no, mean, you get I the don't. result you want. You, there's many different ways yeah. to get that. And I think ultimately, like if you just control the temperature on that. Mm-hmm. Which for your first time, I think, how would you know that, or how would you control that? That's like yeah, a lot I'm of at home. I have a storage unit, so I'll have to figure I, out. I must say the, the mouthfeel is really good on it because it's got this like taste. It's actually all over your tongue. It's not sometimes when you get like homebrews, they tend to run away from you mm-hmm. flavor wise. You go too much on the sour note or too much on the caramelly note. It's like yep. it's really well balanced on the <coughs> on the on the palate. Yeah. Uh, I'd say for a brown, and I, you noted this earlier when we were talking upstairs, a, a slightly more body, but that could be based mm. on what grains were in the kit. Like when yeah, that's, I, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit too thin, and I went for the higher ABV in this one. I used less water in the end when yeah. you were you, you cold, pour cold water in it before fermentation. I used less of that to get a little bit more ABV, but I still feel like the body is missing. A couple, yeah, a couple of things um, for the body that you know leaving residual sugars will obviously mm. give a perception of body but i don't know if that's really the best i think you know you want to ferment 
to completion. Okay. Um, but you could do, there's different malts you could add. So like uh, carafoam, for instance, will have some body. But back to the water, if you adjust the salts in the water, you can give a lot of body to a beer. So if you went and studied, like you looked at the water profile that you have, whatever you used coming out like of the my faucet, tap water, like your tap angel. water, yeah. and you put that against the profile of an ink where you'd get an English brown. Yeah. I bet you you're missing some salts there I'm that would give a little minerals. That's why botanization is still mm. a thing. Yep. So yep. add a little bit of more minerals or salt to, to, to specific ones. You don't just, you know, willy nilly it. Yeah, there's like, uh, so for instance, like when you do in um, New England, if you're going to do a New England style IPA, which everybody loves, um, and you want that fluffiness and you want that aromatics and all mm-hmm. these things, you use stuff like calcium chloride or potassium chloride, which is prevalent in the water in New England. I live in Connecticut, about 50-minute train ride north of New York City, and I get well water. And my well water is it's it, what happened a million years ago or whatever is a glacier pushed over from mm-hmm. made the Great Lakes and pushed over uh, Connecticut and Long Island and deposited all the minerals that it picked up along the way. So that um, water up there is very mineral rich, perfect for those styles, which that's where, again, we talked, I said a minute ago, regionally, you couldn't get a New England style IPA out of the West Coast without adjusting the salt profile. You just couldn't do it. Right? Okay. That's why they have West Coast IPAs. Which and the reason also why the craft beer scene in St. Louis is quite good is because the big devil, Budweiser, put pressure on the council. Mm-hmm make sure the water was clean yeah and as a matter of mm-hmm. fact i believe if 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 memory serves me correctly and growing up there mm-hmm. i think anheuser-busch were the ones who created the water pro the water plants mm-hmm. to clean mm-hmm. the beer so everybody has access to brewery quality water at least in st louis st louis county i remember when i was in st louis in 2018 i was at perennial mm-hmm. i spoke to the brewers and they were like we don't hate anheuser-busch or budweiser because without them our water would be shit. Well, without them, I, I don't know if I'd have a hometown. Oh. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't hate them on them at all, uh, and I don't really hate on any macro places, to be honest. I mean, that, what, they, what those folks do is an incredible science and skill. To be able to produce that much liquid that tastes the same every time that's reliable yeah. is, uh, like, I, 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 got no hate, I got no hate for them at all. It might not be the beer that I go and grab, that I want to drink, but I certainly, if it's around, there's nothing else. I, I certainly do enjoy it. But to have that, like as a brewer, as somebody who's here doing this every day, having that kind of consistency is yeah. Yeah. mind boggling. Um, whether it's fully automated or not, and even if it is, I think that's cool too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like being able to create systems that can keep things in check is mm-hmm. also a, f- a creative and artistic feat in itself. So I have nothing but love for everybody. <laughs> Guys, should we uh, take a little break? Because I need to go and uh, get rid of some beer. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We'll be uh, back soon. We'll be back soon. Well, I'll leave it on. Quite a good, good, oh, we'll leave it we'll on. We'll leave it on. Yeah. Me and Brian is here. <laughs> <laughs> see you in a bit. See you in yeah. a bit, CC. For those who can't see, uh, we're sitting in a cellar that have amazing, amazing beers. Getting I'm thirsty? I was thirsty when I walked in, <laughs> and I was seeing, you know, 2001 Lou Pepe goose bottles. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty yeah. pretty amazing down here, guys. You, this, you, is, uh, this is a fun part of working here. I got to agree. It's a big world. It's difficult to learn about this, like how how all of these different kinds of beers age and and 
if it's a sour lambic or or imperial stout and anything like that but it's also just because it's an imperial stout doesn't mean it has to age well like so it's very it's a very tricky process to decide what goes in and what goes not you know some some things you know like a roquefort 10 like you know that the roquefort 10 is going to last about 20 years yeah no worries it can't be on girls 20 years no worries plus that uh, and Vestvaleta and San Pedro's up 12 but then you have like the, the random projects like the, the dead man's hand over there like none of us have tried it age before but we saw the potential and hopefully it will it will get get better yeah I, or different uh, <laughs> you know something that's very pervasive in the US I'm sure and the beer communities here too is the these cellars that people have and I admittedly have a bunch of beers as well mm-hmm. Uh, but we folks sort of forget sometimes that like the brewers aged it already in terms of like barrel aged stuff, right? To, yeah, the, to the point of perfection. And sure, you can get some more nuance and subtle complexities over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also found that some of those can fall off. Yeah, they can definitely fall off. And and then you. But, you're but st- it all, it's also about te- temperature control, uh, yeah. as well as when you ferment. Su- super I mean, important. It's the uh, was it run. 12, 12 and a half degrees is like a very good temperature to have to store bottles to, for the beer to, to, mm. to keep that under control all the time. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this is true about beer as it is with wine, but keep it as still as possible because wine really don't want to vibrate mm-hmm. while, while, while aging. I think beer has the same a little bit and don't, you know, too much light all the time and all of that. So, well, yeah. Light is a big villain when it comes to maturation of beers fluctuation of temperature yeah you want a steady temperature all the time if it's 20 celsius or if it's 10 it's not that important it more that it has the same all the times so it doesn't that's a big problem with um breweries that distribute and ship so like one of the things that we do um are the a decision that myself and zach made was that we will do as much to go beers out of the tap room as possible, right? We, that's where our largest margins are anyway. Uh, the second uh, level of distribution, if you will, uh, we, we, one of our partners is called Halftime, and they're one of the largest, you know, they, they're, they are the largest um, direct to consumer shipper of beer in the United States, and they also work in wine and things like that. So we, we use them. Second, which we were able to get a little bit of a higher margin so we don't go straight through a distributor because it basically goes to them and then direct to the customer. And then third, it, we um, self-distribute to places that we know. When CC, we were talking about this earlier, that we know that they care for the beer properly, mm-hmm. they, yeah. they temperature it properly, and then finally getting it over here to Europe. We, we actually made a conscious decision to send it to Europe instead of out to the United States, mm-hmm. um, which... I know some big breweries do that to to offload their extra inventory, but we're doing that as a main source. Um, Largely, selfishly, to drive more people to our tap room to get stuff. Scarcity drives demand, right? Um, But also because we also believe that you lovely folks over here should have access to our stuff, just like we get import from your stuff. I'm excited. Thank you for that. Uh, Should we We go to the next one? uh, Uh, Which ones do we start with? The pale ale? That's the first one you did, wasn't sure, it? If, yeah? it? if it's cool. American it's cool Pale Ale, 6%. Yeah. 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 It's been an, uh, cold, a mayonnaise bucket with cold. ice with, and, yeah, this and is salt. A, so if, 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 they're if, both 6%. Which would you say we should start with? Uh, start with the Radius, my beer. And then we can mm. open Marlowe second. Mm. So this is the one with the... Uh, now, now is it cold enough? I mean, the outside is. 
<laughs> I don't it's know. It's, it's, it's ice, well. salt, and water. It's kind of yeah. okay. That's the easiest way to cool your beers. If you if you haven't tried it before, put it in a bucket with ice, water, and salt, because that actually makes a chemical reaction that melts the uh, makes the ice melt faster and cools down your beer faster. So, r- say it one more time for me. The the Scandinavian way of saying this yeast name. Quick, quick, almost like quick, quick. Yeah, quick. Yeah, okay. You got it. Yeah. Quick. quick. It's almost quick. like quick, and it—that's why I remember it because it's quick. It's yeah. a quick fermenting. <laughs> one. So, so it's quick, quick yeast, quick yeast, which, which is originally uh, like a norm, uh, Norwegian farmhouse yeast. What, yeah. what inspired you to use this type of yeast? That we could get from brewed to package in eight days, and we were, you know, at a rush to get this brewery open and start producing some revenue. So. Um, because without money coming in, no beer comes out. Uh, That's true. So this is... You, ha- you know I have ordered a beer company in mind now. Well, yes. I'm trying try this. So Almost I, like sweet and sour mm. note on, on the nose, which you get from Quake, but yep. it, it's it's not sour, sour. It's more like a hint of tartness. Yep. Yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we got this up, uh, and again, this was... This was the second beer we did, the first beer was brewed was William, and, and this one, uh, Zach will have a lot to say about, you know, the first beer you do, it's never going to be the greatest one. Um, and it turns out the instructions that were left with us in terms of volume sizes and whatnot were actually off. And he was calculating his brew to what was told to us. And then actually after we got flow meters in and started measuring everything, we realized that he's got about eight pounds of hops per barrel in that one and that there wasn't quite as many barrels in the fermenter as originally thought. So um, he, he'll he tell you that it's problematic. I think you know, you'll know you probably like it. I, I think most people do like mm-hmm. it. And mine was the second one that we did. Um, so it got a little bit more dialed in. But mm-hmm. what we learned is that we couldn't get it up to the temperature, the 95 to 105 that it's supposed to be. We only got up about 92. So I think we missed a little bit of... Mm-hmm some of those finishing flavors that it could get at that right temp. But we're close, but close, but no cigar. That's for Nicola. So I think it's one of his songs. <laughs> no cigar. Cheers. Cheers. You're a melancholy fan, huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I embarrassed myself last year because I was like, he was pouring beers four stalls down for me. And I looked down, <laughs> and I'm like, is that Nicola? Nicola's standing there. And I, I like, walk over, I'm like, oh, I'm like a little schoolgirl. I, I kind know. of freaked out the first time as well when we went, we went yeah, down I, to I do an interview. Because I've known Nicola for a couple of years now, and I took him when we went down to uh, Gothenburg, Gothenburg uh, trip. Yeah. We went to a lot 2020. of Yeah. Man, that December 2020, I called Nicola and said, could we like, meet you at the brewery? And, and he was like, yeah, I've got dinner with me, me wife, but I'll I'll meet you before that. Uh, I've got like twenty minutes. Ended up being an hour and a half or uh, something. Oh God! We sat there and he and he didn't say a word. He just sat. Oh, oh, I grew oh, up oh. listening to Millencolin. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a skater. I, I grew up a uh, skater. So yeah. Millencolin was blasting in the speakers with Fallout Boy and all those type of bands. And I'm like, you know, going. I, I still have that Penny Bridge Brigade album on repeat, like <laughs> constantly. So it's and a fucking awesome band. <laughs> awesome that. band. Awesome guy. When I last year when I was talking to him, I I just want to talk about music. He kept saying, "I just want to talk about beer." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. Now yeah. Nicholas is a great guy. He is. He really is. Oh, that was that was a fun. This it, is nice. It is. It's quite, quite light to be light and very fruity, very fruity. Well, that's that. That's uh, 
quite the use quite of late hopping. Yeast, yeast, quite yeah. quick yeast, quick yeast. I'm mean, the late hopping. Yeah, late hopping. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so we dry hop this. Yes, um, this was. Uh, I I do some additions in the whirlpool um, of cashmere and Comet Estate, which are American hops, mm-hmm. and uh, then dry hopped with the same. No hops in the boil. At all? A little bit. I do some bittering hops in there, but I um, I keep the bittering hops low. I'm actually considering like kind of changing that. I know. Um, I would have loved having a little bit more bitterness to this. You know, so I, to keep I, it, I, having it come back to it. Yeah, I like that too, and I'm I'm learning that I like that a little more than I thought that I did. So <laughs> earlier days, I did bitter them a little bit more. Um, and then I started pulling back just again, working backwards from what the customers were, were kind of wanting. Um, and now I'm sort of feeling like getting a little back, a little more bitterness on this. I think we balance it just a little bit more, but overall, like this is a crusher, you know, outside on a warm day, you can slurp these down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask. Summer was last year in Sweden. Oh yes. Yeah. And (laughs) speaking of last summer, (laughs) uh, you're, you're actually here in Sweden for a reason. You're actually joining the the Bruskeval, yes. W- again, you're gonna serve your beers again, and which is how we met last year uh, when you were here, and we had a few days down there. How was your first experience at Bruskeval and your first time in Sweden as well? Yeah, it's the second time now. So my second time now. So first time in Sweden. Um, you know, overnight flight from New York City landed in in Stockholm. Met up with my buddy Einrich, who's awesome. I've been buds with him for quite a while through a, a U.S. beer group, and somehow he he got it's like a. I guess we talk about it now. It used to be probably one of the original like mule groups, and it was very exclusive. You had to be invited in, and all this stuff. It was wild. Anyway, um, what kids do, but um, Heinrich is part of that, and I had met him in through that. And when I came over here, he met me at the train station, and he had this whole thing mapped out. We went to see the ship in the museum. I went to the palace and did the, you know, armory tours. I did the carriage museums. Mm-hmm. We did uh, we did everything. I saw the little, uh, you know, uh, uh, ruins in the old town, that mm-hmm. things yeah, in the wall. Mm-hmm. He had a whole wonderful tour planned for us and took me to uh, Sushi Show as well, which mm-hmm. is that uh, Michelin star sushi place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just, I was just blown away and the weather was perfect. Of course it was uh, 80 degrees and sunny yeah. every day. And I thought, well, who wouldn't want to live here? <laughs> this was great. And then of course on the first night, um, he made me not sleep. So I, I flew overnight. I hadn't slept for 36 hours or something like that. He goes, no, you just got to push through. He goes, we have to go to accurate. So we came here. And this is where I met the lovely Erasmus, <laughs> who I ordered a Schwarz beer, and he poured it with about a three-inch foam head on it that was, you know, jiggling above the top of the glass. And I said, "Oh my God, you know how to pour a Schwarz beer?" He said, "Of course I do." <laughs> and uh, this is what we do here. <laughs> yeah, and I think I drank three or four of them on a on a very bleary-eyed, uh, jet-lagged uh, night, but it was great. And and Rasmus and I hit it off. And then, of course, you guys were at. Bruskeball, uh, made our way down there, um, and uh, you had some beer problems as well. I remember I did have some beer problems. <laughs> they arrived like hours before you would uh, start pouring, or not no, even hours. No, when it started. When it started, yeah. yeah. So there was a problem. Uh, we shipped with um, a brewery called Barrier Brewery Company out of uh, Long Island, and uh, they we shipped with them this time. But because of all the COVID. Uh, logistics stuff somehow like our all these u.s beers went missing and literally couldn't find them and we're talking about like 
I, you know, I, I sacrifice a lot of revenue potential by putting BA stouts in festivals, but you know, that's what I'm known for. So I want to share with, with folks. And I mean, we're, we were talking about like us dollars, probably per keg, you know, eight to $900 revenue kegs. Mm-hmm. And I had like six of them that that's a lot of money. Just quite a lot of money. Disappear. Yeah. Right. Um, we did have two, I, I did have two IPA keg, or one IPA keg on. And, uh, because it was sitting in such hot temperatures, Europe was, uh, an oven last year. Uh, I had to dump it. I couldn't even serve it at Bruscable cause it was so bad, but it literally showed up like, at 12.05, and the festival started at 12. I was hooking kegs up, <laughs> pouring beer while Jesus. people were coming And you in. were alone as well. <laughs> and I, well, Heinrich was with me the first day, thank God. The okay. second day, yeah. I was by myself. But, you know, now I'd, we'd, we'd knock the dust but off also of the, it. But also, there was quite a lot of volunteers who, who helped out. Yes, yeah. the volunteers there were amazing. Um, just ready to jump in and, you know... Uh, you need to eat something? Piss off? Yeah, I'll take care yeah, of it. No yeah. Uh, you know, and I'd come back and I'd kind of sneak around back and make sure they were, you know, doing what they're supposed to do and they just nailed it every time. I wouldn't expect any less uh, from any, you know, Scandinavians. They follow the rules, which is something I really love. About. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, and this is why I tell people, they're like, well, what's it like in, uh, you know, Stockholm? What's it like in Copenhagen? I'm like, you know, the one defining thing I say is, well... They got a rule like don't break it. You know, you got a lot of programs, you got a lot of great things, you kind of got a lot of freedoms that even, you know, other areas don't have. And one thing I, I note to folks <laughs> is everybody waits at the stop sign, at the stoplights across the street, even when there's not a car in sight, you know, and this patiently wait and then cross the street because it's like don't break things. And so you can sort of rely on folks in other areas to kind of don't break things. They follow the rule. They say, you know, hey, tell them this, tell them that. And boy, every time without fail, something. I don't really call that obedience. I call it respect, you know, Mm -hmm. respect for, you know, the things that you have. And uh, it's quite nice. It's very pleasurable. It's not like that in America. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Red light. Suggestion. Piss off. (laughs) Suggestion. Yeah. (laughs) I got hit by a car. <laughs> Poor me. Mm. So you're back now for the second time. Yes. And you're going down to Briskwald to serve your beers again. Yes, on uh, Thursday. I, I was... And he's not coming this time. No, he's not, unfortunately. Um, I, to be quite honest, I don't really love the festival thing anymore. I'm getting a little, mm. you know, I'm getting a little older and standing around for a couple of days talking and serving beer isn't the highest priority on my list. But... Briscoville is. Um, mm. uh, I recently went to Good Vibes at uh, a Voodoo Brewing Company in Pennsylvania, and even though that was only a four-hour session, I still kept seeing like, "Why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> this is." I got other things I could be doing, and somebody else could be pouring and telling the story. I I do like to be in front of people and talk to folks, but again, standing there all day in the heat and all that. Mm. But um, I actually was quite disappointed when I started seeing the Briscoville. Instagram posts come out of all the breweries coming. I'm like, I don't know. They're going to invite me. They're going to invite me. I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah, because I asked you about this earlier. It took a while before I saw Barclay showing up yeah. on that. And I'm like, huh. Exactly. I, I reached out to a friend of mine, which probably everybody knows, uh, Dan Burke. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows Dan. And uh, I said, Dan, are all the invites out? Like, I, I didn't get mine this year. Do you, th- do you think he's Marcus is going to let me come back? He goes, yeah, I, I think I'm pretty sure you're coming back. Uh, let me, let me, you know, and Dan's like a, 
he, I don't know how he makes things. He probably happen. texted Marcus, and Marcus was like, "Oh shit, I forgot about him." Yeah, and sent uh, you an invite right away, literally with like in thirty minutes or something like that. <laughs> 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 an email, come on, you mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Invite that guy. But it's, the thing is, I know also Marcus. Bless his soul, he's got shitloads to do mm. all the time. Yeah, I don't know how he does. You it. can't keep it all in your head. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like that guy's a. I don't. Yeah, know. He's a monster. He's, he's a, a monster. And fantastic. The nicest guy out there. So super calm, even though all this shit is going on. Like I, 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 you know, I'm sure my business partners and my teammates at the brewery will tell you, like, I'll get worked up at the drop of a hat over. <laughs> a small thing, thing. I, I spoke to Marcus about this. I think first time I was down at Rootskville doing interviews, and I interviewed him and said, like, you know about the Swan on the Lake? Wow. Looks really nice. Paddles underneath oh, are going yeah. like fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that must be him. Because yeah. he, he, he just felt, uh, when I talked to him, uh, he seemed calm, you know, as calm as a cucumber. Yeah. Uh, he's cool as such a cucumber. A nice guy. But so, so now on, you're going to be more, a bit more selective about the festivals you do? Uh, what is worth your time? Not, and not and the that. brand. The brand will go out, but. Per, me personally, you personally uh, okay. and, and, and I'm not saying this cause I'm on this podcast right now, but one of the drivers was, I told you guys I'd see you this year. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta see CC and rest. He's not going to be there. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, I knew that, that we yeah. were going to, that we wanted to meet first off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, easier for me <laughs> to bring beers over here than it is to mail them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I had promised him, yeah. uh, all these beers. So I wanted to keep, mm-hmm. keep my promises. Um, and, uh, Paul said, I, I just fell in love with it while I was up here. I think it was fantastic. And also, also Bru- uh, going back to Bruceville, uh, you can actually tell it's a non-profit prof- uh, festival. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it shines through so well. Yeah. So it's like it, all the money that goes into the festival is actually spent on the day. Yeah, totally. Amazing. And even a bit more, but like... Yeah, totally. I, and it was so perfectly... Cra- like every moment of it was curated perfectly um it's it's amazing to me how he's able to pull all that off and brew and keep a business running and all this stuff it's and make the relationships to make it happen oh yeah oh yeah um you know it was great and also a shout out to you know pub nessie which is the (laughs) central uh central spot there where there's going to be a karaoke on saturday on friday Friday. sorry it's friday pre-party thursday karaoke friday (laughs) <laughs> that place is a that place change, is a special. You should change the Friday to CC's evening. I think. Now that was kind of cool last year when when uh, we sat there on the Thursday. Ev- all the brewers came in, and me and Issa were starting to, the owner. We were like sitting talking about. Oh, and she said, it "Would be so much fun if we could have a karaoke for all the brewers." And I'm like. I got a karaoke program in my in my computer. I was the one who started karaoke in Sweden. Let's do it. I got microphones. I've got all the connections. I can do everything, and we just did. So it's going to be reoccurring this year. Uh, this is not going to come out before the festival, but you missed something. <laughs> 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 yeah, she was she was great. I I'd oh, never I met her. such a you know, a wonderful couple who are just there to make everybody's life good and happy. And I think I probably sat there and talked to them for most of the that's, time. That's, that's a power couple. And they, they Nico really in the bar is fantastic. Yeah. In the bar, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, that's a power couple. They like, they, they really make sure that these days in Bruce Gall is fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's really nice to see. Should we try the next beer as well? Sure. Yeah, same. Uh, I've got one of those days when everything just runs through me. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, pour even it, though I've eaten all day, it doesn't really matter. 
But um, we'll keep well, running. I'll, I'll let you we, pour it, and I'll before we do this o- overall impressions. Like uh, it's yes, very nice. Yes, no, good. Yes, uh, I'd say yes, but I'd love a bit more of a like bitter, bitter, bitter yeah, exactly. Uh, like aftertaste that brings you back to the beer, but it's it's a gorgeous because beer, and, and on a summer's day, I'll drink it all day long. Definitely, and and well, when you a have short that day though, six and a half percent, but. I think that bitterness could also carry the fruitiness way further than it does now. I agree. So, I agree. so bitterness, otherwise, it's it's gorgeous and it's very well. You've managed to 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 take advantage of the fake yeast. I think it's not mm-hmm. that sulfuric. Sul- sulfuric. Yeah, sulfuric. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't actually get any of that sulfuric in it. Which no, no, is, no which not is at great. all. And that's yeah. very easy to happen with that type of yeast. So it's yeah, especially uh, when when it comes straight out the out of the maturation tank after fermentation, mm. then you have a bit of sulfuric. Uh, notes to to the nose but yeah. it quickly dissipates and as i told you before leave a few of these wait six seven eight months for the hops to really die off and watch the yeast takes over takes over interesting because yeah. it, it, it switches around it's i actually lasted amazing. 22 minutes before i had to go to the bathroom again so congratulations <laughs> well what's this one one sip of beer you want me to just put the helmet's bucket on the floor <laughs> <laughs> you can put it down there i'm it's back in a minute <laughs> Uh, so I can tell you a little bit about um, William while um, CC uh, evacuates the um, lower yeah. region. <laughs> um, so, so a little history on Marlowe, uh, Zach Ross's brewery. Marlowe is uh, Zach's grandfather's name. And the logo that you see there is uh, Zach's grandfather's actual signature that he found on a piece of music. And um, this one, or yeah, that one that was oh. his, his grandfather's actual signature. And the beer, this beer is called William, and it's brewed in honor of his dad, William. Um, and you'll see here on the side it says, And they call me Wild Bill. Uh, this is his dad's high school photo, <laughs> and that's what was next to it in the uh, high school yearbook. So he wanted to, to uh, brew a beer in honor of his dad, and this was the first one he wanted to do out of the new space. His dad's awesome. I've met him several times. Uh, just a lovely, lovely human being. Um, so this is going to be a double dry hopped New England style IPA. Um, it's going to be a little bit different than what we just had in terms of like my style where it's a little more fruity. This is going to be more hop forward. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, um, some of the calculations were a little bit off. So, um, just due to us, this being the first beer we ever brewed out of that system. Okay. Yeah. So we ended up getting more hops per barrel, which gives it a little bit, uh, not quite the balance that Zach was looking for. Um, I also think he's he's incredibly s- sensitive to dicetal, and um, he thinks that there. I don't g- perceive it the way he does. We're also very sensitive for that, so, so we'll. But we'll don't go in looking for it now that I said it, because <laughs> now I think it's <laughs> now in I'm going to think about it. But yeah, <laughs> but we don't, he, we don't he, have to. We don't have to tell Cece anything. We'll see if he uh, figures yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> But no, uh, so we you know dr- you just said something, but I'm gonna I want to put it in your head because I wanted to try to beer first. I, so. I think that's a good idea. Don't put it in his head. You only put it in mine, so well, I go often, but I'm pretty quick in here. That's quite yellow. Yeah, the color um, I think is spot Stoy. on. It's exactly what we'd want out of a New England style IPA. 
You know, I sh- it should be noted, as I was mentioning about water earlier, we got really, 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 really lucky in um, Mamaroneck, New York. All of our water is fed from the Adirondacks and a mm-hmm. reservoir up there, which feeds New York City. And it's some of the best water in the world. Um, I don't know if it doesn't win the awards that Swedish water does. Um, but uh, it's an incredible brewing water. So I think, you know, what you get out of it in terms of our being able to control the body, control the aromatics, control all that stuff is um, it's pretty amazing. Cheers. Cheers. you? We we used a, a a bunch of different types of yeast in the or not yeast uh, hops in this, and so a couple of those are experimental hops that are mm. brand new, different flavors than you've probably had before. Don't say anything. <laughs> I see a look on his face. I'm waiting for this. I know what you mean when you said it. It's there. I don't know what you've been talking about, but it's almost buttery. <laughs> there you go. There okay. you go. It's a bit of diastole, yeah. Yeah, but it's almost buttery. It's like, but not diacetyl buttery. It's it's more like fresh butter. Yeah, because yeah. diacetyl is like rank. Yeah, like this yeah. rancid butter. Yeah. that's been standing out for days. Yep. This is more like you got almost like a the butter in your sandwich. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> so, so I, I did okay then. And I, yeah, I'm, yes. not, I'm not all about. I'm not. Yes. Yes. So he was mentioning the the, the his uh, Zach. partner Zach was feeling diacetyl. But but now that you say that, CC, and I, I agree with you because I don't pick up the diacetyl in it. He does, no. but I'm wondering if it's this experimental hop and the combinations that... Yeah. I, I, this is not diacetyl at no, all because diacetyl has got these rank... Mm. Yeah, it's uh, not nice. Like uh, almost rancid buttery notes to it. And this is more like fresh churn butter. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And so almost builds to the body of the beer more than is the nose. Oats in this as well, or there's the oats wheat? in this, yeah, yeah. So there, maybe that body also amplifies that, that the the flavor of the or the butterness, yeah, it amplifies that. I, I I like it. I, since the day I've had it, I said I don't know what you're talking about. I don't get what you're. I know I I know what you're saying. It's almost like this. It's almost like a buttercream. Um, yeah, and it also has almost like a watermelon. Those are the well, other like hops, a yeah. pips of watermelon yeah. notes to it. Yep. This is quite weird. I don't think I've had, ever had an IPA like this. This it's is crazy. It's got four different cool. hops in it. I think we, I think they're here. So these are um, Citra, HBC five eight six, and Nelson hops. So three, and it was Nelson, it was okay. dry hop twice. So double and, dry and hop. Nelson explains the bit of funkiness as well. The white white wine grapey. Yeah, exactly. Grapey bit, but it's that HBC five eight six, which is new. It's a newer, but you know, Zach, Zach's kind of hard on himself. Mm. Uh, I, I'm a little less precious about these things because, <laughs> you know, they go in and they go right back out, which CC will show you in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, ten, I, <laughs> ten. so, so if, if, if you get, you know, yeah, we can look at our untapped ratings and things like that, but I try not to, but, um, it's, it's passive, right? And everybody, it's subjective and everybody's got an opinion. I think this is great. He doesn't, but he's real hard on himself. He's a perfectionist. Well, you can tell him from us that it's not diastol. It's it's, yeah. it's a flavor, like a you say, fresh no, but yeah. it, butter. It comes from yeah. something else. It's not... Yeah, mm. I agree. No, but it's not the residue diacetyl from the fermentation. This yeah. is something else. Yeah. The thing, th- this is a unique beer for Zach. Zach's... Um, angle in the market which i i is refreshing is low abv you know and he he does a a shirt that says mar low 
you know, M-A-R in one color, L-O-W in another E in the same color as M-A-R, and then ABV under it. So it looks like it says low ABV, but Marlowe, low ABV. Mm-hmm. Um, he focuses a lot on uh, trying to get those styles, and he's really good at that. So Is it he, British inspired? It is. Um, but we also, with the last podcast we did, we actually tried a new brewery from here in Sweden uh, that did oh, yeah. low ABV beers yeah. uh, uh, from the Archipelago. Beach Mountain, Beach Beach Mountain, Mountain Brewing Company. From Bedder. Yeah. And Session, the beers were really good. The Session Pilsner, 3.2%. That I was just was full really of flavor. Yeah. Bitter. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. And, and you know, he he's trying to do that in the U.S. And, and that's his angle. We we have some overlap. He and I am... Uh, I'm a massive fan of English beers, um, specifically when you're drinking them rim temp off cask in a pub in England. I mean, there's nothing real, like nothing best, better. Like Not that big of a fan. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, this thing is amazing. Um, so, so he and I will have some overlap there. Um, I'm, I'm not really prescribed to any specific thing. I'm known for my barrel-aged stouts, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh. But um, I, I don't prescribe to anything. I, I want to explore everything. You know, um, I don't want to pigeonhole myself anywhere. Not saying Zach is. He obviously does these types of things, but he's more skewed towards the low ABV stuff. So I must say that to me, beer is kind of work. And I go, when I go to festivals and and uh, fairs and stuff like that, I try maybe four or five hundred beers over a weekend. Yeah, and then I want a beer, and I, I end up with a British style or an American style pale ale. Or lager. Yep. Yeah. I when we were. I want to drink beer, not think beer. Yeah, I kind of got mad at Zach because I uh, when the first like our second or third week, whatever we were working, we are our brewery is actually in uh, the halftime beer store. So like mm. uh, one half of it is our brewery, and the other half is this massive beer store. And uh, I went over there, and I hadn't had Boddington's in years, and Boddington's is a top five beer for me. Um, and I walked in with a four pack of it. And I said, Zach, I want to do this. I want to do a pub ale like Boddington's. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a pub ale too. And the very next schedule, brew schedule that came out, well, who had a pub ale on it and who didn't? Zach had a pub ale and I didn't. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like I said, I wanted to do that. But it's well, a, he listened to you. But then, yeah. but, but, then, but then I said, all right, I'll let him learn learn the system on it and I'll just have mine. Ah, mine, mine uh, you yeah. you have a perfected one. Yeah. All right, perfected. Right, all right, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> Hey, you got to use what you got, right? <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, I've, I've been waiting for this one. We All have right, to I'll do it now. It. Yeah, yeah. Now you guys can keep talking while I try to get this open. Yeah, yeah because there's wax top on it. So I, I, will, I will say this. I'm making a little bit of shift. So... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have a club, and that's what all my barrel-aged stouts go to, directly to the club mm-hmm. members. And I recently found that club members are very interested in getting 12-ounce cans of barrel-aged stout because they want to just be able to drink it by themselves. Um, I think bottle shares in the U.S. have sort of dropped off. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Quite a bit. And, um, you know, 22 ounces. Now, uh, let me say this. For all the Europe folks, I don't know if they'll agree with me on this, but I actually... I'll open a 22-ounce bottle, I'll pour five, cap it, put it in the fridge, pour five the next night, and I actually feel by like the fourth or fifth night, that extra oxidation <laughs> like really takes it to perfection. It's like maturing it for about two years. It really is. Because it does oh, get oh, a quick oxidation, but on the other hand, on the sixth night, it's gone. But the sixth or seventh quick, night, quick it, it's gone. Yeah, but... Mm-hmm. but Bring by your glasses, n- sirs. But by night five, um, it's it's... 
quite incredible. That is oh, look at that. It looks like old motor oil. Don't kill me, Rasmus. Okay, I gotta. Well, I guess I don't have to do shit tomorrow, so whatever. Don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those who can't see, I just got an eight ounce. You don't want any more? Go ahead. <laughs> Twist your okay, arm. Now it's a ten ounce pour. We're of, sharing uh, 15% this. We're sharing this. <laughs> Stop. We're not gonna uh, you need a keep more any there. for for the guys in the bar upstairs now. Nope, nope. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting a fucking year to drink oh, this beer again. Everything else to the side now. Before we we you, we, you we actually tried haven't this. had this beer yet. No, no, not not this one exactly. I said your your beers. Yeah. Bruce Gowell last year on the Friday when we talked, you and I, uh, I, you made me promise. On the Saturday, that the first place I'll go to is your 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 yeah. stand at Bruskeville and try your beers. Yeah, and you know, a little bit drunk, I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do that." Woke up Saturday, hungover as shit. I'm like, "You're a bit Fuck. late as well." Yeah, I'm gonna go to Brian the first thing I do, and he only does like 15% ABV stouts, yeah. and you had two of them on tap. And I don't know if you had a bottle or anything, but at least yeah. two I got to try. Yep. The first thing I did because you wanted my palate clean. <laughs> The fun thing is, as well, I was also hungover as fuck, <laughs> since I had the karaoke the day before. Yeah. I also had no voice, so I couldn't speak. Yeah, because you were screaming in the mic all night. Yes. <laughs> uh, and when I walked in the door, I had to help out Omnipoyo with their gravity poured beer, so I got a mass, which is a liter, of their Pilsner, hmm. and I just sat there, and I sent Rasmus to get all the brewers to, for interviews. Yeah. I run around. And the first thing he does is coming back with this. And I'm like... Because I think you had... And I put the mass away. I, I actually drank my mass warm. Because <laughs> I had this first. And I was like, this is good. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think it was Dimensions of Times 5 or 6. It was 6. No, no. Sorry. 7. So that was seven? the bourbon oh. and rye blend. And then you had oh. some coconut as well. That was not Dimensions Cognac of Times. coconut. Okay. That was not Dimension. No. Okay. No, it should have been. Oh, yeah. So you had the... Which number was that? Yeah. Anyways, you had two different beers on one of Dimensions of Time. I did. Anyways. You're right. I had Coconut Waves, which is a yeah. non-BA one, I exactly. think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, the bottle I gave you is a cognac barrel yeah. aged with coconut added to it, and it's fucking exquisite. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, because I was a bit hesitant when you said it was coconut. I'm like, oh fuck, pastry, American pastry. I'm like, I'm no, I don't do pastry. And then I, I had it. Blew my mind. I don't it's fuck with pastry. Dry. Really nice, and the coconut really came through, like like fresh coconut. Yeah. Like you eat it strictly from the from the fucking yep. coconut. Can you stop talking? Yeah, I, I, I need to try this beer. I actually have a go ahead. I can talk while you drink. I've drank this a million times. Um, I actually have a background in wine, um, so when I'm doing stouts, what I've tried to do is get the structure of the the BA stout to be closer to what you'd get from a really full bodied dry red wine. Um, so some of the structure that you should get out of this, you should be uh, able to equate to um, wine. I get what you're saying. You know what? This this is, to me, the Rhone Valley of beer. This is like <laughs> uh, Chateauneuf de Pape style beer. Thank you. Like, I mean, you got uh, the this full body, also the acidity, but and, and then like all these like almost chocolatey notes. Oh, oh, well, here, more chocolatey but notes. But this is the vanilla one, right? Yeah. Because you feel the vanilla. 
So this it's was been aged. nine months. Nine months of vanilla, right? Yeah. So I aged this. These are a blend of barrels that sat between seventeen and twenty months, something like that, or maybe thirteen might be the lowest. Um, and they were all rye barrels for this, save for two. Maybe I might have blended two bourbons into this, but they were majority rye. And all the rye, I put about twenty to thirty pounds of vanilla directly into the barrels for the last nine months that they aged. And then when I moved them into the fermenter, the bright, to kind of clarify and, and get them ready, I conditioned on top another 10 or 20 pounds of vanilla, um, fresh vanilla. So you should get layers of vanilla there, not just a single note, but layers. And the thing, I, I usually have a very a lot of problems with vanilla and beer, usually because of the pastry, sours, da da da. When it pastry the, IPAs, the fake pastry. When they put in the fake vanilla, like it, it just tastes like the the, the chemical vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla. This, this is vanilla. vanilla. Uh, these are uh, Planiflora uh, and Mexican and uh, Tahitian. Okay. And I process them all myself, and I soak them in bourbon to sterilize them. And then I add them into um, directly to the barrel. Rasmus, he just gave us a ninety dollar be- bottle of beer. Yep. Yeah, in terms I, I, of I got five yeah. more in my bags. <laughs> in my bag, <laughs> different ones. So. Fuck right off. <laughs> They're for both of you. I know. We might do a, 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 a bad idea. We did a, like two years ago when we did a we, an episode we never released. Let's do an imperial ta- imperial stout tasting. And we did eight imperial stouts. <laughs> it's like twenty minutes in. The episode wasn't listenable to. Both <laughs> like, no, 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 so shit faced. No, I still have it in in yeah. my computer saying like me and Rasmus do not release. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just after twenty minutes. It was just I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> oh, that's great! I love it. But but back to this beer. This is gorgeous. Thank like, you. So well balanced and and fifteen percent ABV would never have guessed. Like it's. So unbalanced. That's and the other thing I, out. I try to do is hide it. But um, I can't I, – I don't want to publicly talk, obviously, about my processes and methods. But I have a very – from all those explorations that I did early on, um, I found something where I'm able to mask the ABV through the amount of specialty malts I'm able to add in my specific process, which is probably – 2x what most folks do but if you notice you know we were i was drinking the stout upstairs the uh what is it in league uh, with satan in league with satan, which, which i thought was incredible so if they're listening or anybody's out there drink it um but it's pretty direct in terms of the roastiness and whatnot and i sometimes like that and i particularly liked it out of that one had nice sweet backbone to it that allowed those roast but for this stuff i go for a balance and i try to balance it across the board with the adjunct uh malts not adjunct additions but adjunct malts and uh i i probably 3x what most people do and still wind up to be able to get the balance there which mm-hmm. is the yeah. trick and i'm not going to say it publicly because i don't want to stealing my Don't shit, do that. but the thing is i must say this is where you excel thank you the, yeah. definitely it's like well, you haven't I had my other shit yet, except for that. Except for that. No, no I'm, I'm keeping my mind open. Keep but, your mind but, open, because I got some stuff when coming I to you. I'm not going to get to try it. When I tried your stuff, stuff last year, uh, it was actually two breweries that stood out to us. was Penelang yeah, Pen, yeah. And, and Barclays, because that was something that was so totally out of... 
out of the water. Everyone's now. leaked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean it blew everyone out of the water. We we had we know those breweries we came down and we we know a lot of breweries we had beers from and we love them, mm-hmm. but like really really stood out. There's Pinon mm-hmm. and and Barclay. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I really appreciate that. I try. I try to be different in a market that people are looking for kind of the same, but still achieve that goal. And I tell you, there's a couple of folks that came by and I know there's one guy, he works, um, he's in Italy. He works at a beer bar in Italy. And I think he works with that one, uh, girl who's Baroness or something on Instagram. Uh, the Italian girl, uh, she's a very popular, mm-hmm. uh, beer girl. Uh, cause they both came by together and he stayed and talked to me for a little bit and he's like, the rest of these are shit and this is great because it's not too sweet and it's balanced and it's this. And he had a very like, uh, you know, I expect Italians to be more uh, emotional and flavorful, but he was very direct and, and but this stoic, one also, but the mouthfeel yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And then, it coats yeah. your entire mouth and you go, it just, this is one of those beers that you can actually sip. And leave it for twenty minutes. Yeah, well, that's and the it will still yeah. be there. Those are the residual sugars, but the important thing here is that you balance those residual sugars out with the rest of it, like mm. the pastries. Excuse me, that you're talking about they, often they just yeah. leave the sugars there, and it's just sweet. Yeah, and but there's no dryness. There's no, nothing behind yeah, that sugar. You, you have to dry it out. You have to make sure that the oak is there. So if you every hopefully what you get out of every one of the beers you drink from mine is each sip is going to give you something that you didn't see the minute before. Then it'll be oak, bourbon, cognac, coconut, whatever. And I don't like the adjunct. So like the other, uh, as I was saying, I have an apple brandy barrel there, which where you'll get, you'll be, you'll drink and be like, what the fuck? And it's just the barrels, the maple barrels. I didn't put any maple syrup in at all. It just came straight from the barrel. Mm. I don't like to add stuff except for vanilla. I will occasionally fuck with coconut, even though I don't like like coconut on its own. I think it does something fun to the beers, and specifically with that coconut uh, cognac barrels, the nuttiness oh, uh, yeah. from uh, from cognac really played nicely with the coconut. But I didn't go like these other breweries. You see, like oh, I added twenty pounds per barrel. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? Why don't you just eat a <laughs> coconut? I, I'm going to tell you something now. We have loads of. Uh, beers from Eclipse Fifty Fifty mm-hmm. here, which this I love. Be- I think they, I think this beats the shit out yeah. of most yeah. of them I've tried and, uh, ever, and I think those are fantastic. Eclipse is great. Fifty Fifty, yeah, is they're, great. they're great. But I got to highlight something for for the listeners and people who wants to drink Imperial Stouts that might not have much knowledge about it yet. This bottle wasn't cooled down, so it, it was straight from oh, your... It's room temperature. It's room temperature, yeah. and you want to keep your beers at a temperature about... So if it's 15 ABV, you want to have about around that ABV or, or Celsius well, uh, keep as well. It, keep it in the fridge, but take it out like half an hour before yeah. you pour it. So, so we, I think we serve this at a perfect temperature. Absolutely. This is so, it's a strong beer. It has so much complex flavors that if you have it cooler than room temperature... They won't uh, no. be there. I pre- so, so that's a really, really important thing with drinking pair of stouts is check the ABV and, and temp it before you, you, you drink it mm-hmm. and leave it. Don't, don't fucking pour it down your throat. Rather leave it for a bit. Rather pour it at, at a bit more than the ABV yeah. than below yeah. in, in yeah. temperature in Celsius. And if, if I might be able to add, like, my preference to how these beers work is chill them exponentially get them not freezing but get them fucking cold and then pull the bottle out 
open it, let it warm up, mm. uh, and and give yourself a little <clears throat> taste at cold so you can see the difference. But the because then you get the oxidization. Yes. During yeah. the uh, warming up process of and the beer, it just yeah. fucking. It's amazing. It murders the beer. Like yeah. I, I don't. As a matter of fact, my favorite one is number seven, the bourbon rye. But if you drink that cold, let's say like fifty degrees, forty-eight, fifty degrees, you're like, eh, okay. Yeah. But when it gets to room temp, you're like, holy fuck, what <clears throat> happened? It's, and to watch that change is really interesting. So I chill all the bottles, and then I bring them out and I let them sit until yeah. they get warm. I remember I when I was down in Tampa and I spoke to the guys at Cycle, and I tried the uh, five series. Mm. Which they did with mm-hmm. five different kinds of coffee from five different yep. continents. Yep. And they thought, this is going to be a great idea because people are going to go buy five, compare them. And people bought one and thought, oh, well, it's good. It didn't sell at all. And, but I tried them like this, side by side. And they're five different beers in such fantastic ways. Because Cycle does some... They're amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Imperial Stouts. What uh, they were pouring last year, by the way, number yeah. two or whatever, like mm-hmm. uh, Hutch, um, mm-hmm. who I became friends with last year. Uh, I used to get Cycle back in the day, and then I felt like it kind of it slipped a little for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but the shit that he was pouring, and I, I went over, I said, you're back. I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, I was just blown away. And I, I think those guys are great. Uh, I don't know the owner specifically, but Hutch was great. I've always loved their beers. Um, I don't have any... I, you know, everybody does their thing. I, I don't think I have any yeah. more like any any anybody across the globe where I drink something and I'm like, Bleh. you know, I think. It, and, and the thing is also uh, when we talked about strength and flavors, alcohol is flavor's best buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you get a like a strong, really strong lager, there's not much flavors to play around with. And the yeah. alcohol has to stand there with his... Had it in his hand going like, hi, I'm alcohol. Yeah. But if it has loads of friends, loads of flavors, it will just push them. It will alleviate yeah. I love the that flavors. You, I love that you said that because a lot of people don't think about it. Like, think about when you, like, open up a bottle of, like, isopropyl alcohol or something yeah. like that. And there's an aromatic that comes out of there. Yeah. And, it's a, and the reason why is this evaporation rate is so yeah. fast, so much mm-hmm. faster than water, right? So you can only imagine in a 15%er, that stuff's evaporating and it's pushing the aromatics it's out. It's a flavor enhancer. It's an Just like yeah. sugar or salt, yeah. alcohol actually enhances flavors. Yeah. And the stronger the beer is, if it's got lots of flavor from the beginning the more you will get out of these flavors, the longer it stands there and and oxidizes and and evaporates and, like, it'll give you more and more. Yep. Usually when I I drink a pair of stouts at home, which is kind of rarely, but when I want really nice, I have my pair of stouts I pick out, but that was... Puasta, I still have one of the two two main in my fridge, the Gouvea coffee, which is fucking amazing. I mean, when I pour one of those for myself, I have that for, like, at least two hours. I sit and I take a sip once in a while. I drink my, my fucking lager in between, just, but I have my stout standing on the side and I just sip from it it's for two hours. It's proper way to do it. And it just evolves in new it, flavors. And, it's and, and you have to realize that every beer has its place. Yep. Mm. Can, can I take a side note here? Just because I'm in Sweden, I want to say this. I actually have in my house, or not in my house, outside of my house, on my pool deck, I built a barrel sauna. And I use it three or four times a week. I think that makes me sort of like an honorary Swede. When, I, when are we I, going? And check this. It's a, <laughs> it's a four-person one. 
and it came with an electric heater. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. <laughs> I said, nope. I took the electric heater out. I got a fucking stove that was meant for an eight person, and I put it in the four person, and I get that thing up to 200 degrees, and I sit in it for an hour. Oh, Jesus. You ready to tangle you're, with you're me? You're more Finnish than <laughs> Swedish, then. <laughs> I'm more Finnish than Swedish, yeah. Okay. Are you sure you're Scottish? You're like, like yeah, I'm Scottish. Like, yeah. no, you're not. Like, Scottish-Irish. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I remember I went to Helsinki about 15 years ago. I went into this place called Villivaino. Mm-hmm. It's a beer bar. But they also, uh, like, the Finnish beer scene wasn't that evolved 15 years back. They had some microbrews, but the cider scene was big. Hmm. Like, like dry, that. proper, they did really nice craft ciders. It Downst- has become quite dry. Uh, down- that, right? yep. Downstairs was the Mayhem place, where they had live bands and like long benches like this. Mm. Upstairs, a sauna for 25 people with a fridge that was filled with just craft beers and craft ciders. And you booked the sauna... And then they counted off how much you drank when you left. I love it. So you and then your muscles are. start cramping when you walk out of there because yeah. you have no more electrolytes <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do is I get two or three cases of beer from Treehouse because I'm about a couple hours away from this easy drive up and back. And then I drink those in the sauna at 200 degrees and then my legs don't work. <laughs> <laughs> no lie. No, I'm, I'm Sounds saying, like I'm, a fantastic <laughs> evening. <laughs> no, no lie. <laughs> Uh, guys, should we wrap this up? Yes, but but let me go. Let me go one step further because I I would hope my Swedish friends, you all do amazing coffee here. Oops. Every everywhere mm-hmm. I've been, coffee is great. Well, I do coffee as well, and I don't know if you guys know this, but um, when I created New York Craft Coalition, the idea to do this was not to pigeonhole ourselves into just brewing, but it was to spread out. So um, I bought a coffee roaster with my business partner, John. He and I own that. We keep it at a different brewery, and we use their labor to, labor to run it for us. And right now we have four different um, uh, beans roasted and for sale at New York Craft Coalition. Barclay is going to have, uh, in the next month, another four. But we're in coffee. We're getting into craft cocktails that will be canned as well. Uh, I bought a specific canning machine that allows us to do sleek versions of 12-ounce skinny cans. You yep. know? Uh, we're going to can our mixers. We're going to be getting into doing um, stuff from our kitchen, which our kitchen's amazing. So like pickled things, uh, not herring. I'm not going to fuck with you guys on that. You own that market. More, more vegetables. Um, but, <laughs> but more on the vegetable side. Um, and then uh, our sauces, our rubs and things like that will be available as well. But we're, um, we're, we're getting diverse. We didn't want to put every egg in a single basket, so we want to spread them out. But coffee's huge for me. Um, a massive coffee drinker. I'm into fermenting uh, green uh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh which spikes up the caffeine, adds a bunch mm. of flavors. Uh, it's very expensive, but um, you 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 blend you know one third into your regular uh, roast, and it's like fucking phenomenal. But you you mentioned coffee earlier, so I wanted to say plug that a little bit. That Barclay and New York Craft Coalition, which is obviously all mine, but separate brands, has uh, coffee available as well. So that's awesome. We have to go. Definitely, do, we yeah. have to go. Yeah, <laughs> I know we, we have we have. I got a couple extra you guest know, we, bedrooms. We just, we just we just get some breweries over here who wants to show off their stuff in uh, New York. 
Yeah, and we'll bring that stuff. And we'll, I, we'll, we'll I just if it. you can get my three that I just named you mm-hmm. over order. Uh, ten hands, which I know Robert and John they'll come, and then uh, Nicola over from Duck Pond to do something out of our space. You guys come. I got enough space at my house for you. Like we'll we'll have a blast, and we can all it's squeeze done. into my little sauna, and I can see <laughs> if you can handle uh, the American version. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not too good with warm temperatures. <laughs> I'm Swedish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember when I went to Tampa uh, 2019, we flew to Miami, stepped out of the plane. I looked like I just jumped in a, into a pool. <laughs> yeah. It was like 99% humidity, 42 degrees Celsius. It's different down there. Yeah, and I, I checked my, my heritage. I'm like 95% Scandinavian, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a cold. I'm a, or my warm blood. You're a reptile. <laughs> you can handle anything. We need to ask you, Brian, the yeah. oh, final answer. The toughest final question. question. Uh, you've had it before, I think, yeah. last year. But it's... You set this up, so hey. Yeah. You Brian, gotta, you're going to fucking die right now in a second or two. But you can have one more beer before you die. What are you drinking? Fuck. Anything. Yeah. Anything yeah. you want. You did fuck with me with this last time. Anything, <laughs> anything I want. My last beer. Make it a bomber. You'll last a bit longer. Bud Light? <laughs> God, what, what, what would it be? Um, oh, fuck. You guys are assholes. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. It's the best, this is the best question of the entire podcast. It, 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 the it, podcast it, is always nice and nice, and then you end up with like... I know what it is. I would have a side project... For Gabe. Um, for Gabe is a blend of barley wine and stout. And it's probably, uh, I'm a big side project fan. I, I love the stuff that Corey does in terms of dark beers. Uh, and that beer came out a few years ago, I think three years ago now. I, and it goes for about $600 secondary, but I'm, I managed mm. to trade for it quite frequently. And I have a, a whole refrigerator full of it. And it's probably my favorite beer that they did. It's, it's on a different plane and a different, it feels alien. It's so different mm. and good. You know what? You've got to keep one of those bottles for you for when we come around. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll bring some fun and stuff I will over as well. Blow, it'll blow your fucking minds. I promise you. It makes this look like, uh, I don't know, like you just... <laughs> like, not sure about that. Like it yeah. came out of a 7-Eleven Slurpee. <laughs> good, good luck for I, I, him. I promise. I promise. Good luck to him. Uh, nothing else you want to plug or anything? No, you're. We we have a hashtag. Sorry, one more plug. You said I had yeah. one more plug. Our hashtag for New York Craft Coalition is, and it's kind of cheeky. It's pretty good beer. Pretty good beer. <laughs> yeah. Our <laughs> hashtag is we will drink better beer. Yeah, yeah. That's we'll, why we'll, we'll, me we'll pull both of that. And also, before you go, before we can say that, we have one more thing to say. Of course, which we haven't said yet. Follow our social medias. Yes. Check out our Patreon. God damn it. We have yeah. a Patreon. Yeah, we have a Patreon. Yeah. And we have a web shop. Exactly. Where you can get stuff with our ugly mugs on with Drink Better Beer on it. On your ugly so mugs. So you can actually get your coffee mug with our ugly mugs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. now, CC, you can roll it off to the sunshine. Guys, whatever you do, drink, drink better beer. beer.